Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Yes, no Kevin this morning uh, at all. He was out this past week, as you know, or most of you know. And uh, so he'll be back next week. We'll be back next week with uh, our segment, I'm sure. And I hope you'll catch that next Saturday. But right now we're live. We're ready to go. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net if you prefer email. Now, before we get to an email uh, from last week, I didn't quite get to it. You know, I, I, I've been telling some of these stories lately, uh, you know, about interaction with a, a kid and understanding of uh, early in my investment career, what it meant to put a couple of bucks away just and then build on that. Things like that. Real people, real stories, right? Real life, because that's what, you know, I, we remember stories. We, we do. It's just goes through the ages, right? We remember stories. And it also reminds me of some of the basic things that if you'd get them right, your finances get right. It's just really that easy. <clears throat> this isn't hard. We just tend to overthink it so dramatically, so horribly dramatically. We think about this. I had this discussion this week with an individual, <clears throat> pardon me, who is struggling with, do we hire an advisor because I'm really worried about the world? And this is a tale of, well, all of us at various times. And it's not telling on somebody, it's telling of us to understand that most people need help getting through those tough periods. They need, they need a push. They need to understand that you feel terrible because the politics you believe in is out of favor right now. Or we spend more time talking about the 22 genders. There actually are two. I'm sorry if you think there's more. I would suggest therapy. But they're like teaching this in school, colleges. <clears throat> we have to understand that there's really 22 different genders. And I don't know about you, but that makes me feel like what, what, I, I don't understand why we have government at all when they're this stupid. Right, right. I mean, it just doesn't. The world is upside down. It's backwards. What's good is bad. Bad is good. It doesn't make any sense. And that doesn't matter to how many iPhones Apple will sell next quarter. But we can't get that in our minds right. And when the market looks bad, we all feel bad, and then people don't invest. It's a normal process. So I don't say that to tell on somebody to talk about all of us and the understanding that after doing this for 40 years, this is the way it always has been and probably always will be. And this is why people will fall for anything if you tag guarantee on it. They won't ask the questions. Well, what does that really mean? A cap, like you cap my returns. Does that mean I can't? Yeah, that's right. You can't, you can't win, but you won't lose. Can you keep up with inflation? Is the next question. 
do you really want your amount of money to just go down every year safely, you know, so we can all feel comfortable? It's safely worth less every year until it's worth nothing. Safely. And people will fall for that. And so I say this to, to, to say that there's so many things out there, but that's not what people ought to be doing is, are any of these things. But what is great is so many of the new stuff that's available out there has all kinds of hedges and full liquidity. No more 10% commissions and annuities you can't get out of that won't work. But they're guaranteed. And guaranteed not to work. Super cool. And guaranteed that you're stuck in it. But don't worry. The guy selling it to you is getting rich. So it's okay, right? It's okay. It's okay that there's no disclosures. It's totally okay that we pretend a 10% commission is like not paying any fees. That that doesn't come out of the contract somewhere. It's just magic. All of these things are super misleading and all come from that fear. That lack of understanding that when we buy low... And sell high, that's what we want to do, but we don't feel like that. It's controlling our feelings, and sometimes it takes help to do that. It really does. It's understanding that sometimes we need to walk with people in, who are professionals and professionals at psychology, <laughs> perhaps, right? At allowing you to let go. And lose the fear that you have? Even though it's real fear? To feel that comfort. It's going to be okay. Sometimes you do need that. Almost everybody needs that. It seems simple to say, I want to buy low and sell high... And uh, that's what I'm going to do. But then why do money flows show that people buy more stocks at the top of the market, the average retail investor, and sell at the bottom? What did you do, honestly, in 2008 and early 2009? What did you do? Did you buy more? Did you sell? Because most people sold, at least some. If not all, we heard people, oh, I, I, the only reason I sold was because I just wanted to pay off my house. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. I paid off some bills. No, you didn't. You sold out and that was the excuse to allow you to sell out, to let the fear overcome you. You see, when people sold out at the bottom or anywhere near it, it's never come back because why? Because they didn't get back in. Nowhere near that time did they get back in. Because the economic news was terrible. It's a story about us all. And we have to be honest with how our feelings are. Do we, did we do that? Did I do it another time? Did I do it in 2000? Maybe. 
did I learn from it in 2000 and not do it in 08, 09? Then you're learning. That's good. That was a really hard one. Did you want to sell in the pandemic? Did you sell during the pandemic or did, did you buy? So let me give you a quick story with one of these structured notes. It's a, it's a product that's available. It's been available for years, but they were poorly priced, like most things, a number of years ago. Remember, it used to cost 5% or so to buy a stock, just the, between the, the bid and ask price and sometimes more. It could be 10%. Plus the, this huge commission you had to pay. It was it was very. Now it's free to trade, and we all go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all all the advantage to the big guys. Really, that is just huge, and it's not true. The big guys, and even small guys like us, when we trade for clients, we think they, we, we could be trading millions of dollars in one security. We have to take that to a block desk. We have to be very careful. You can't just go, oh, let's go ahead and sell that. Uh, no, you'll move the market. But if I send in an order for 1,000 shares on some $20 stock, that doesn't move the market at all. Meaning the retail small investor is, does great. Great. Better than anyone. What I want to tell you a story of is, is these structured notes that when things are on fire, and I mean, it's like the market is in just total disarray, right? I don't mean it's in free fall, but I mean, it's it's going down, and yeah, okay, I guess you could call it free fall, but it's down 20% or more, and everybody's like, it's going to go down 30. It feels terrible. It's awful. It goes down 30, and then it's for sure going to go down 40. We all know that. It's bad news. It's the middle of the pandemic. Okay? It is. When you get that much volatility, when it, meaning when it's that scary, okay, let me, let me say that. When it's that volatile and that scary, the bargains are unbelievable. The bargains in things like hedges are ridiculous. Now, when I say hedges, now let's, let's, let's define what a structured note is. Structured note is... A note, meaning it's a bank loan that has no interest on it. Typically, it could have be an in income note, but in this case, it was a growth note. So the, what that means is it doesn't pay interest. Instead, it has features like if the market goes down 30% more from here, which, by the way, it's never done. Hmm. Interesting. Never done. When it's down 30, it's not gone down another 30 ever. Interesting. So when it's already down and everything is really wicked bad, they and you go out and you can buy one of these, you get the best terms. Why? It doesn't make sense if we pull away from the fear. Because of the way all of this is priced, you get your best deals when the most turmoil is, and, of course, that also means things like I just made that statement. If the market's already down 25 or 30%, it's never gone down another 30%. Ever. 
So the probable outcome is great, and you get better terms. Very unusual. But that's what I'm talking about, the psychology of this. People are so fearful, they ignore it. I get the best deal. Let's say I'm, I'm investing for income for life. I get the best deal when? When my income-paying stocks, called dividend stocks, go down 20%, what does that mean if I buy more? I get 20% income more for the rest of my life. No, I don't want to do that because it might go down 25 I'm serious. That's what happens to our brains. We get really stupid real fast. We don't want 20% off because the world doesn't look good. Over and over again. During this period of time, it, we actually went out and had a, for some people that had some money, and we pull, pulled everything together and, me and some and 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 a, and a couple of people in the office also threw some money in. So anyway, we bought we bought this note, pitched it out into the por- portfolios. This note had ten percent downside coverage, was five years, and had two hundred and eighty six percent of the upside of the market. It happened to be by luck priced one day after the bottom of the market in March of 2020. Now, we can still keep the note, but we decided to go ahead and unravel it because, you see, it is highly liquid. You can go ahead and unravel it any business day for a 300% gain with downside protection. Now, why do I use this story? Two reasons. It's the psychology that you need to have to be a great investor. The psychology also on the flip side says, I, you're listening to the same guy that thought Beyond Meat was a good buy. That years ago thought telecommunications companies were a great idea. We all have bad investments. I'm not here to tell you they're all good. I'm telling you why they're good, when they're good, and what the psychology is behind it. And how we have to think about those kinds of things. I'm not trying to get into the weeds about what structured notes are. I want you to understand something. You can have downside protection if that is really necessary to you. This was a timing issue, not for downside protection. I just told you we only did 10% downside protection. That's a minimum to do. We wanted as much upside leverage as we could have because The market had already gone down a lot. And 286% is a lot of upside. So if the market goes up 10%, you get 28%. It's ridiculous. That's not the deal you get every day. That's the deal you get when there's turmoil. When the last thing you want to do is invest. When everything in your body screams fear then run to it, not from it. 
That's why I talk about it. We're not bragging about an investment that worked. This was a home run ludicrous out of, out of you know, grand slam home run. It's ridiculous. No, I don't think I'll ever see a note like that. I really don't. The turmoil and it was so high. I mean, it could, it could have been. could be we'll get in a period like that again. But it was a ludicrous time. But the point is, too, you might have said, I just can't do 10% downside. I want 30% downside. I want 50% downside. I know we've never done that, but I, that's what I want. Okay. Then instead of getting 286%, you get 200 It's still fantastic because you can unwind it. You're not stuck in an equity-indexed annuity. If you want 100% downside protection, you can have that, too. It all comes as a cost. You get less participation on the upside. But what I'm trying to get at, more importantly, is not to sell you on the idea of structured notes. I want to sell you on the idea that if you have to have downside protection, you got it in exchange-traded funds every single day. Every day the market's open, you can say, I want 10% downside. I want 15. I want 30. And I want all an understanding that every single day you do that, if the market goes up, you will be capped out at some level, depending on how much, how much downside protection you want. Everything comes at a cost. But today, you aren't stuck with it for one second. Every day that the markets are open, you can sell that exchange-traded fund. You can buy it, and you can buy them for free, literally. There's no 10% commission. There's no 10-year surrender charge, period. There's no smoke and mirrors, but you actually have to go and open an account on your own or find somebody to work with that is a will act as a fiduciary for you, not as an insurance agent, which doesn't have to act as a fiduciary. And actually doesn't. Doesn't at all, because they don't even have disclosure laws, apparently. I mean, they can say things like, you know, you got to get away from fees. Annuities don't have fees, but they have 10% commission. What the heck is that? This is the problem. But it's also the, 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 the amazing thing that's happening, because these things are coming at us at light speed. Why? Why? Technology. Technology allows the hedges on both sides of a trade instantly. It doesn't require a room full of people with slide rules, mathematicians, calculating, running them. Okay, I think we can go right here, Joe. And I mean, that's expensive compared to pushing a button and the computer goes boop, 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 and, and has real-time pricing every second of every day. Every second of every day. On hundreds of products now. Hundreds. The come do when you want. Like, I need my money. i got to make sure my money is available in three years. That's one of the reasons they call them structured notes. Three-year note. Boom. That's when it comes due. All of these are available. And that allows people who just can't get over the fear to not be capped out. It's a big, beautiful new world with technology now. It makes finances, yes, a lot of the things I'm talking about are very, very complex. I understand. But an exchange-traded fund is not that complex. You buy it like a ticker symbol of a stock. And they trade and trade and trade in the billions of dollars every single day. 
Wonderful. No more 10% commissions. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you, and I've got more to share, and we want to talk with you. This is, Because next week, we're gonna, we are going to start into our recordings. We're going to start, we'll do a recording next week, and you know, on a live show, and a recording once in a while, and we're just going to try to see where we're where it fits the best, right? So, give us a call at 580-5436-580-KIDO, Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO, that is our live number. And once again, we're going to try our podcast uh, thing next week, see how that goes. Uh, so if you want to have a if you have a question today's the week we're going to see if we can kind of have Q and A one week and so on and so forth on the next and so we'll be recording that next week so it'll be fresh it's not like we're going to be just you know throwing out some you know just stuff out there I, I I'm looking forward to it I got to tell you I mean, I mean you know I think about things like systematic investing and how that like always works but it seems so simple that people kind of forget about it also known as dollar cost averaging and things like that. It, it really like always works. And I, I want to talk about that stuff again because it reminds me really how if we can control our, 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 our minds in this, we can control our emotions and, and do a few things right. We don't have to be financial geniuses to be absolutely rich. It just isn't that hard. It takes time. It takes time, and it takes decent behavior. But that's all. It doesn't take a rocket scientist at all. You'd have to know what I know in finance. I know some things that are helpful to me that you're not going to ever know. Not because I'm keeping them secret. You just can't. You, have to, you, you, know, you, you can't have 40 years of experience that this is all you do until you have 40 years of experience, and this is all you do. It, it's just, that's, that's the way it is in anything. I really would like to be a rock star, but I'm not. I'm not. I haven't done 10,000 hours of playing a guitar. In fact, I don't know how to play a guitar. I was really stupid because chicks dig guitar players. And I, I, I mean, I just should have known that and learned that, for crying out loud. It's crazy. Anyway, that's, that was an interesting story I read about Jimmy Buffett this past week. Um, that's actually how he got started or why he got started. He noticed that the co-eds <laughs> were interested in his roommate and because he played the guitar. It was like, well, I'm going to do that. <laughs> wow. What a good decision he made. How about that, huh? Isn't that crazy? All right. Let's jump on an email here, okay? So, Brian, thank you. I'm sorry I didn't get to this last week, uh, but could you please address 401Ks and the possibility of converting all or parts of it over time into a Roth 401k or Roth IRA. Is this advisable? What are the pitfalls, pros, and cons? I'm seven to 10 years ahead of retirement. Thanks for all you do. Brian, thank you. Appreciate your time on this. Okay, so big bunch of questions here, and it requires actually a good deal of thoughtful tax planning. I would guess the answer is no. With uh, seven to 10 years to go, you're probably in the higher earning years. And if you were to do a Roth or I'm sorry, yeah, a Roth conversion, um, you're going to pay taxes on that. Now, it's not to say you can't do some, but more importantly, what you could be doing is making sure your contributions into the 401k were Roth con contributions and therefore after tax. 
You could do that if your tax bracket's not too high. But I would suggest that the biggest time or best time on Roths to convert is when you're in a lower earning period. And if your income isn't that high, you most certainly can. Um, I, I think people have spent too much time, and they're learning now, but especially accountants have really pushed paying very little taxes or even no taxes. So people that have very low tax brackets have a lot of money put away into taxable accounts, and that seems like a good idea, but it's not. It would be better to pay some tax, a little bit of tax, and then have all the growth be tax-free. And then when it comes out, it's tax-free. So some of that's changing, but I would guess that you're probably pretty close to retirement. I mean, a little close, that you can't get the money compounding quick enough to make up for what could be a 30, 40, 50% tax bracket because of you adding on anything major for a Roth conversion. So is it worth converting $10,000? Probably not. That doesn't do much to move the needle. But one of the things you might be considering on this is to be, like I said, make the contributions into the Roth so you can build it up over the next 7 to 10 years and have a sizable tax-free buildup going on at the same time so you're not just putting money into the tax-deductible side. Depends on the tax bracket. Got to do some thinking. And then on top of that, let me add one more thing. If you can't pay your taxes above the contribution amount, in other words, if you, let's say, you're putting $10,000 a year into the Roth 401k, but you really can't do it because it's not deductible, you can only put in eight, okay? Then the answer is no. That doesn't make sense to put in less and pay the taxes on it. Go ahead and put the full 10 in with the tax deduction or put in 12 with the tax deduction that nets it down, whatever the number is. But you have to be able to pay the taxes on top or the contribu- or, or netting out a contribution doesn't make sense, okay? So make sure the amounts are still high that you can put away and check your tax brackets and your willingness to pay prepay taxes to the government right now, okay? Um, I'm going to add one more more quick thing that I think is dangerous for all of us. I do it. We all do it. We predict where tax rates are going to go. Predicting the future is a bad idea. It just is. I'm I'm serious. You You can say the trajectory for AI is really good. You can say the trajectory for cybersecurity is really good. I agree with that. But generally saying that tax rates are going to be at X or Y is a bad idea. Because I'll tell you, from today's tax rates, they've been much higher and much lower in my lifetime. Just various times. They've been much higher and much lower. I just think it's a bad idea to predict interest rates are going to come down. What if they don't? Where does that put you? If you have to refinance a loan. I predict that the stock market is only going to go up to, should be at 3,200 on the, on the uh, S&P. Okay. That means you should be out of the market for the last 1,000 points. So where are you? That's the problem. We can't get it right and don't. Don't guess where it's at. So be careful with guessing those things. I don't think there's a very good chance, personally, that rates are going to be significantly lower for high earners. There's just no trend in that direction right now. It's not, that's not correct. That's a bad trend. It would help the economy greatly to have lower marginal tax rates 
for everyone. But that's not what seems to be in the soup right now. Because we'd have to cut spending, and boy, I can see Republicans and Democrats gathering together on that idea. They never have. But let's not bet the farm on anything. Okay? All right. Our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, good morning, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. If you prefer email, it's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. And by the way, since we are going to be recording later next week, if you have a question during the week, we'd love to hear it, and we'll, we'll tape the answer. So that would be great. And we'll see how that works. And thank you all f- who, who sent notes in and, you know, about uh, the, our, our, our theoretical new structure. And once again, I just want to say we're going to try something. And if we don't like it, then we'll try something else, okay? So I hope you like it. We think we're going to like it. We think we're going to have some opportunities to do some things, including answering emails and questions that come up during the week. Like literally, say questions that come from an interaction with clients, and um, we can think about it. It's fresh, and then and then see if we can use that for teaching, as well. Okay, all right. So this question comes. It's a follow up from an email before from Mike, and uh, Mike asks, uh, I, "I understand that if I that I need to wait five years on my Roth four hundred one k." before I can withdraw my gains out of an IRA without tax, with, you know, tax-free. It takes five years. But if my contribution in year four, does it need to wait, right, for five years from there? And the answer is no, you don't. It's five years from the date of opening a Roth, not from each contribution, Okay. So good question. I, I think, and, and if I says like Sarah, hope that makes sense. I hope my answer makes sense. If I'm not answering your question, you um, let me know, okay? All right, Mike. Thank you very much for sending that. And also, Mike, thank you for all that information on the USS Idaho. That's that was fantastic. Uh, last week we talk, got a chance to talk about that. So and and the fact that it's you know it's here. It's going to, I mean, it's coming. It's coming. It's soon. It's going to be commissioned very, very soon. So it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. All right. So I've talked about the the story of buying at the bottom of the market. Okay? That's great. But we're not at the bottom of the market. What do we do now? And this is the wonderful thing about it. Because when we think about this in a broader sense... I think it's important to understand that markets are not monolithic. And you've heard me say this over and over and over again. But I want to give you an example of something simple last week in real estate. So we all know that real estate in Chicago, New York, particularly San Francisco, has virtually empty buildings in it. Many of them are virtually empty. And all of them have structural problems. I mean, they're, they're like a lot of vacancies. 
or there's almost nobody there. It's bad to horrifying. And, and, and that real estate is thrown in the same bucket. Now, to some degree, I understand this, and I need, it's, and I, I need to digress just a little bit. But these are the kind of things that create tremendous opportunities in certain pockets. Okay? So if we say, oh, real estate, which is just one tiny aspect of the market, is not monolithic. The whole market's not monolithic. Are energy stocks cratering? No, they're doing very well, thank you. Right? Utility stocks in a rising interest rate environment are getting crushed. But I thought they were super safe. Well, they are. But they're not really in favor when interest rates are over five. Oh, okay. Because they maybe are paying four or less. Oh, okay. So there's different, different parts of the market. Are good, bad, ugly, whatever. And by the way, in this really bad market, the NASDAQ is still up over 30%, 31 at the end of business yesterday. Year to date, 31. I'll take it. Not exactly a bad year. Oh, but it was a bad month. Okay, you're right. Gosh, you're so right. Let's focus on what's really crappy. It's it's incredible. I know it's human tendency. I know, I know, I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. Totally get it. But when we think about real estate and we think about this pocket and it gets thrown in the bucket. Now, you have to understand trading just a little bit. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, okay? But exchange-traded funds drive a lot of market activity. And there are a lot, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars in these sectors. One of those sectors is real estate. The biggest one is the XLRE, which is one of the S&P 500 uh, index pieces. So if I don't like real estate and I'm a trader, then what do I do? I sell the XLRE. And I sell it down. No matter what the components are inside of it, I sell it. Hmm. So it's being sold down, 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 down. That includes Prologis. Now, I'm not telling you to go buy Prologis. Please don't misunderstand. What I am saying is that Prologis stock is down very significantly. Their rents are going up on an average of 15% per year. Because they do logistics. And they own billions of dollars of prime real estate that they haven't built yet of these giant logistics places, right? You know what I'm talking about, like Amazon facilities. It's what they do. Next time you're at an airport, look out the window. Right out the window, you're going to find a prologist at every airport. These are prime locations. I'm not telling you to go buy them. I'm telling you, Huh, isn't that interesting? It gets thrown in the same bucket. The biggest REIT in the world gets pushed down because of nothing they're doing. That's what I call opportunity. Think about that in the market all the time. It's not monolithic. It's lots of different sectors, lots of different companies doing lots of different things. Okay, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, 
I want to tell you, a very good friend of mine is, a, is an accountant, and I, so I've told you about these things before. Uh, they run commercials. They ran one today, I heard, right? That, that clown from uh, Modern Families out there pimping these things now um, to go get free money from the government. CPA Jay Bright will be with us right after, right after this break. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. You know, uh, I, by the way, uh, it, this is, a, especially for any employers out there, people that know employers um, that have been thinking about this rush, gold rush, if you will, um, stick around. I, it's going to take about 10 minutes, so we have less than five minutes till the top of the hour, so we can't, I don't want to get started with uh, our, our CPA, Jay Bride, uh, talking here, um, and I, I, I just want to kind of tee it up a little bit. So he's going to start us off in the next hour, uh, early in the hour, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll dive on onto that as well, okay? So for those of you that I, I just teased to stay, I, I, I talked to him. It's going to take about 10 minutes probably to, to dish it out. So it is a very, very important thing for those who are thinking of getting all that free money, 250000 Why not take it? It's free, right? It's just other people's money in the government. But then these people are going to go away. So we'll, we'll let Jay tell you more about that story. I've already told you that. I talked to my uh, accountant, uh, David Hutchison, and uh, they're a sponsor of this program. And, and then they're not doing any of this. And this is one of the Boise's major, major, major firms. Um, is, is, but they get calls every single day. Every day. Shouldn't I be doing this? Shouldn't I be doing this? Because the ads are relentless. Absolutely relentless. And um, a very, very scary thing. So, so we'll, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. I ran across, and I, I haven't listened yet, okay, but I heard about it, okay? It's the, uh, what is it? I just did it. Oh, I'll look it up, okay? I, I want to I I get it exactly right because I just bought it and downloaded it um, from Apple, and I, you now I can't find the darn thing. Uh, anyway, on Optimus, the... Pragmatic Optimist, something like that. But I'll get you the exact title, okay? A couple of clips from it. And it just reminds me so much of how we just roll if you think about the big issues of the day. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know people are going to go out there and roll through, you know, the, the, the currency crisis in China. The euro is going to implode. Uh, year one, two, and three, it was 2010, 11, and 12, we ended up calling it the, the spring of Europe, it was meaning every spring we talked about the pigs nations and the meltdown that was going to occur there. And it, it, none of this stuff happens. It doesn't matter. Nobody ever has to go, you know, my, my bad. It's okay if it's your personal money and you just continue to bury it in gold and that's fine. You, you decide that you're so super smart that the end of the euro is here, and I've read all this, and that's going to happen. And all the predictions don't, and we don't learn, and it's okay if you don't learn. But overall, when it's a big, you know, people that have lots and lots of seemingly influence over uh, large amounts of people, somebody like uh, Ruff uh, in, in the early 80s, all through the 80s, you know, had a, had a huge following of people that destroyed 90% of their wealth following his advice. And, and that's just unbelievable, right? So it matters. It does matter. But on the big things, get away from finances. Let's talk about, like, we all grew up, us 50, 60, 70-year-olds, okay? 
We grew up knowing the world would be orange, knowing we would have been out of energy 40 years ago. And it never happened. And yet, and yet, and yet they keep talking about it. No, the world's so, the cancer rates are so high. They're not so high. Not when you adjust them for age, because people are living so flipping long. Anyway, this book actually brings all this data. I just love it. I'm going to love so much. Bring it. I'll, I'll probably just be writing it all down. And just, I can't wait to get to Saturday and share it with everybody. Because it isn't true. And the world, the climate isn't killing us for some weird reason. It isn't. It hasn't. And the world is healing itself in ways we can't understand. I'm not saying we shouldn't try to have green energy. I'm just saying all of the doomsdayers have always been wrong. Always. And there's no price to pay. We just roll on to, oh, yeah, the world was going to end 10 years ago. I mean, well, now it will for t in 10 years. Yeah, it most certainly will. You got it. It just keeps rolling on and on. All right. We'll be back. Hour number two of Money Matters coming up. Hello, welcome, and once again, thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. We're live today. We're not next week. We're going to try the new podcast thing, okay, next week. And uh, thank you again for your comments last week when I told you about it. And if you have any more comments, shoot them over, okay? And that reminds me, too. During the week, if you have questions, feel free to get them over to us. And uh, we'll be happy to answer it uh, next week, too, as well. And it doesn't mean we're not doing live programs. We are. We're just going to try a few podcasts in, our, in amongst them. Okay? See how that works? If it doesn't work, guess what? We'll try something else. Now, speaking of perfect timing, I uh, just heard another one of the commercials for people to go get money from the government, free money for COVID money that's just laying there, apparently, that we don't have to worry about. With that, I do want to introduce to you a CPA out of Twin Falls area, Jay Bride. He's a good friend of mine, and we have been discussing this, obviously, off air. And I, he has helped me understand it a lot better, but I don't understand it anywhere near as well as he does. So, Jay, I appreciate you taking time on your Saturday to call in and try to educate us. So thanks again for calling in. Hey, no problem, Dave. So tell us what's wrong with this program, just generally. You have, you, you're getting calls from your clients uh, all the time about it. I know I've talked to my, my accountant as well, uh, Harris CPAs here in town. They are telling people, no, 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 no. What's wrong with it? Yeah. Um, well, Dave, what, what's going on here is it was set up to help people that had been, um, and there's two major things. It says that if your business was closed by government order during um, 2020 and 2021 for a period of time in there, um, or you have a, uh, an, a a decrease in profits from t from the previous years for 2020 and 2021 of a certain amount, I think it was 50% one year, 25% the other year. I'm not exactly, don't really remember exactly on that. You were eligible for relief, and you could go back and um, file um, your 941s, amend them, and get up to $26,000 per employee back if you qualified each quarter. Wow, that's a lot, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, that that immediately says to people, well, I have 100 employees. That's $2.6 million. Here we go. Let's, let's go do this. Um, the problem, The problem that I have with it is in Idaho, 
very few businesses were, were closed by government order. Um, you know, obviously restaurants, gyms, um, salons, some of that stuff was were. But that's not who these people are talking to. They're talking to all types of businesses. And they're saying, you know what? I think we can say that you were closed by government order. And they're going in and nitpicking this and going in and saying, yeah, you can do this and you can do this and you can do this because there's other language in the law that kind of says, you know what? Even if you didn't do those two major things, you could still do it if this, this, and this happens. Well, most people that didn't happen, and it certainly didn't happen every quarter, but it has to happen during each quarter for, in order for you to have that relief. So what happens then is they say, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take a percentage of the, um, of the refund that you get back um, from this, of the, of the relief you get, usually 15 to 20 percent. And we take that. We prepare everything for you. You get the money, and you pay us. Well, that's all great, and I, and I thought, you know, wow, this this is pretty cool if, if it can work. But what happens is, after a five minute phone call, they come back and tell you, yeah, you get two point six million dollars after five minutes. And as mm-hmm. a CPA, I spend a lot more time analyzing this for each of my clients that I can do this for. And uh, you know what? Um, almost almost none of them qualify. And because they weren't closed and they didn't have profits that went down, but these people are still saying they can. Now, let's say that let's say that um, you uh, you go into this and you say I'm going to go ahead and do this. What are some of the things down the line that can happen on this? Well, guess what? Once they once you get your money and you pay them, they have their money and they have their fee. Um, what you have to do if you get that money is go back into your 2020 tax return and 2021 tax returns amend those returns and include whatever money you got for those um, whatever that um, amount you got from the government for each of those years in your income so you have to amend two returns and that means if you're a business you probably have to amend some personal returns too okay so you've gone back and done that and then you have to pay tax on that money and pay it to the government at that point You've also spent 20% of what they got back for you, and um, so that money's gone too. So what I'm talking to my, um, my clients about is, okay, this audit period for this is uncertain how long they can audit these, but it's, it's, it's longer than the normal audit period is what, I've, is what I believe is going to happen. So the government, in up to maybe five to ten years, can still go back and audit you, and if they find that you weren't – uh, entitled to this, guess what? You have to pay all the money back. Well, hmm. you've already paid 20% of it to them. You're not going to get that back. And then when you pay this money back, I believe you're supposed to go back and amend your tax returns to disinclude that income in those years. Well, the problem is, um, the problem is uh, years close, and you cannot amend returns uh, more than three years back. And it's uncertain whether they would give you the relief for paying the money back in the year that you actually pay it. You could actually end up losing money on this deal is the way, I, is the way I've explained it to my clients. And um, IRS on their website has warning signs of aggressive ERC marketing, and every one of those warning signs is what I'm hearing my clients are getting from, from people. Cold calls, on the air, um, text messages, emails. It's just getting bombarded. Now, 
the thing that really concerns me about these companies doing this is when they do call, it's their marketer. And he's just trying to get you on the line. And they come back in 10 minutes and say, well, our staff has gone and determined you can do this. And the ones I've talked to, I said, well, can I speak to that staff? And they're never available. I can't. Hmm. They say they have licensed people helping them that are, that are very qualified, but I can never talk to them. So um, I'm still uh, – and, and then the next thing is I, I firmly believe that these companies were set up to get this refund and that and this ends on 1231 of 2023. So at the end of 2023, there's going to be no reason for them to exist. I think they're going to close their business. And I think if you do want to go back and get your money back from them, they won't even be in business to go get your money back for the fee that they charged. After this year, there'd that's be no reason to be. Show, Dave. Yeah, that well, yeah, that's they don't a, have a reason to be. Yeah, they they would have yeah. no reason. This is what they're in business to do. It shuts down on at the end of this year. So they are yeah. of course going to and maybe even file bankruptcy to make sure there's no way to get back at them. That that's firmly that's what I firmly believe. And I and also if you have to include that in income and can't go back and uninclude it in income, yeah. you're gonna be paying tax on that two million dollars you got and you cannot get, get that money back. Tax on two million dollars for some of these people it could be eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. And so you're gonna end up maybe losing a million dollars by doing this. And is it a scam? Um, I have to say it's not. Um, uh, from their, There's no way to prosecute them because what they're doing is they're going in and doing something for you for a fee. You're signing it and sending it to the government. They're not. They're taking no responsibility for it. So hmm. there's, there's no redress is what I'm saying. And um, the future will say, and, you know, I may be completely wrong, and none of these will be audited, and you just get to keep the money. Um, but I think it's too big a risk for my clients, and that's what I tell them. Well, it's it, it, if I'm if I just borrow, borrow your quick math here a little bit just to make sure I got this right. So let's say it's a couple million-dollar check, okay? All right. So, I mean, we're right. talking big money, well worth trying to go get or talk about, right? So it's a couple million dollars that you think you're going to get. But let's just, it doesn't matter if it's a million, it's, but if it's above that, we're talking about tax brackets for folks that are really, when you consider federal, state, Obamacare, all those things, you're, you're talking about 50%. It, it can be. Right? I would say 40 minimum, yeah. Yeah. So we're talking, yeah, it's 39.7 just from the feds, right? So, so anyway, we're, so, so roughing out, we're at you know, 45 to 50%, and we have to go back and amend our taxes to those in those years, and then you have to give up twenty percent of the gross amount. So we're at seventy percent. So the answer is you're you're somewhere around thirty percent of the money you would actually get to keep after taxes, correct? And at risk is you could lose a million dollars on that kind of exchange. I I, I believe it's possible. Um, there, there's not a lot of history on these audits yet because the IRS hasn't geared up to do this yet. It's it's relatively new uh, new package that they have and i haven't heard of anybody in in idaho and i don't talk to everybody but has been through an audit that said this is fine um you yeah. know uh and and anybody who says that they can in 10 minutes tell you give you a number and say this is what you can get back yeah yeah um i i just i just think that that i would be very leery of something like that um i went on i just went and googled employee retention credit and there's there's got to be 40 different um outfits doing this you know because why because 
there's an enormous upside for these for these companies and very little downside for them. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it's amazing. It. Yeah, yeah, and I I think um, almost every the CPA societies, the letters, the uh, AICPA, they all have warning. They just say you know be very careful about this. This is there's a very good chance that that you don't qualify, even though they say they will, because they don't risk anything by getting that. They just get the check, and then they're done with you, and you'll never you'll never recoup that money. I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah. If you if it doesn't go your way. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Big risk for thirty percent. Yeah, and possibly end up money out of your pocket. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and, and and do I know that for sure? I do not. I can't say what the IRS is going to do. If they're, but somebody, you know, they said they may audit every one of these. I, then again, who knows? It's the IRS. So right, I exactly. Don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay, Jay Bride, CPA, thank you, sir, for taking time to educate us. Oh, thank you, Dave. And um, um, sharpen up that golf game. Okay. <laughs> okay, my friend. Okay. Take care. Thank you again. Appreciate your time. Jay Bride, uh, CPA down in Twin Falls, uh, just a local boy. He's done very well. And and he and I have talked about this many, many times, and he offered to call in. I I just genuinely appreciate that. I'll tell you what. Let's go and take a quick break here. Our phone number, 580-5436, 580-KIDO. Our email, dave at petsofinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and yes, thank you so much for joining us. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net if you prefer email. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Luke. Luke, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Hey, Petso. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Appreciate it. Yeah, I had a question for you regarding the uh, Social Security benefits. So I'm uh, going to be 62. I want to take early... Uh, Social Security draw from that, and I was wondering, what is the what do you know about that as far as me still working part time? Maybe uh, I make about sixty five thousand a year right now, and I got about uh, thirty thousand in savings. So I was just wondering, uh, what's the best options I have? Keep working. Um, it's Social Security goes up by eight percent plus the rate of inflation uh, each year. For example, everybody got a, a raise of 15% last year, uh, meaning if you wait from 62 to 63, it was a 15% increase, 63 to 4, and so on. That goes all the way to age 70. Now, if you do decide to kick it on earlier and you earn, I believe it's more than around 18000 a year, uh, you will lose a dollar for every two you make. So uh, if you retire before your full retirement age, which is 67 without a doubt at this point, okay? So it's a big penalty. Uh, One of the biggest mistakes people make in retirement, Luke, is to retire too soon and draw Social Security too soon. It's a big check that is cut by a lot if you retire at 62 from, say, even 67 to 70. Health can come into play if your health is poor, but every single one we put, you know, we we pay money to have a Social Security calculator thing out there. We pay money every year for that as part of the software package, and every time we run it, it always says the same thing: husband, wife, blah blah blah, earning this. Wait till age seventy to maximize your benefits. But the main reason why 
is with 30,000 in savings, that's not enough. That's not enough of a cushion. And it, it makes me nervous to cap you out at age 62. Because if you do, something happens and you can't work part-time, how, how are you going to make up the gap? See what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely on that part. And what does the uh, economy come into that with the uh, the way it is now and going on further? Uh, God forbid we stay where we are next election. So uh, as far as the cost of living adjustment or like increase, like you were saying. it uh, I think it becomes even more, uh, if everything stays the same, uh, my guess is, is that, well, this is the way they act, okay? So the left believes that government is a good solution to problems. Now, I, I have no idea what, economic theory that is other than it's ever it's always failed but it is a belief system they have and it it isn't rooted in fact it's rooted in uh, absolutely the opposite but that means to me that you're going to be strengthening those programs meaning there's if anything they're going to try to push more people into social security we saw that with obama he he all of a sudden everybody was disabled remember that i mean they, they we we had it was really hard to get social security disability and then it was like uh, my back hurts oh well you're social security disabled get on the rolls and 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 it did so we saw this happening uh, under Obama it's continued and so more people are on social security now in other words a shift towards bigger government I I, right. I certainly wouldn't react to that here's what I believe mm-hmm. Luke would w- would happen if if something changed okay if something changed okay. out there to say. Luke's Social Security, he's going to get hosed, okay? Um, it's not going to be like, beginning tomorrow, people of that are 65 years old like Luke, I know you're 62 now, but I'm saying in the future, 65 are now hosed. That's not going to happen. It's going to say all those people under age 40 basically are hosed. They're not going to get anything. It's just a tax. It always has been a tax. And for those employers that are doing well, employing people and paying half the Social Security tax, you're hosed too because guess what? There's not going to be a cap on that anymore. And those are the kind of changes that they'll make, but that's going to be going forward. It's not going to be saying, Luke, you're hosed. If you would have only turned on your Social Security last month, you'd still get it. But you're now going to be hosed beginning next month. I don't think that has any chance of happening. I think it's going to be a phased-in shellacking and probably focused on the higher end. It already is. People who make good money in retirement already pay three times the, the Medicare premiums, and they pay right. a lot of taxes on their Social Security income. So it is. it, yeah. it already is that way. I think it's going to get worse. Okay. I appreciate the insight. Yeah. So I want to call in and see your take was on it and uh, um, look more into that. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, Luke. Have a good day. An incredibly important question, and I think we will talk more and more and more about it. I know everybody's got their concerns, and there's lots of stuff floating around out there, lots of scare stuff. Remember, they're selling something. Whenever people are scaring you, it's for a reason. It's trying to pull emotions. It's not great factual information to talk about you know, some kind of weird global currency that we're going to have that's going to take out the dollar because the criminals and evil countries in the world are going to gather together and everybody's going to go, wow, that's a really great idea. They're not doing that just to, to like, scare you. They're scaring you into doing something. Like, continue to read our pages and you will see ads running for gold. Buy gold. 
Buy an equity indexed annuity. Tie your money up in this thing over here. All of that. Fear sells. Fear sells. Be really, 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 really careful out there. All right. I don't think I've ever done this before, Bo, but I actually, I, I think we could break like right at the bottom of the hour. I didn't ramble on in my monologue. I mean, it's, it's just like, pfft. I'm here. I'm going to actually get a break kind of sort of on time. And so we'll get uh, Gary up to bat next and hopefully you at 580-KIDO. Hello, welcome. And once again, thanks for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. That's our number. You know, we don't want to buy, buy, buy and sell, sell, sell. That's not actually good. It's really, really, really noisy and bad. It's, this should be a peaceful process. Seriously. So these are my opinions and my opinions only and blah, blah, blah. Okay? I'm not here to tell you to go buy Prologis like I did in the first hour. Buy Apple, own Apple, all anything like that. It's just... These are examples, great examples of great companies within a market that we all think of as a monolithic thing. Like the market went down. Did your, what companies do you own, right? Did the bonds you own go down? Did the preferred stocks that are generating 8% income, did that go down today? We think of that. As, as if it's all one piece, and it's not. It's not. It's like, you know, I think about this, too, on a global basis, too. Stocks, the globe, the economy, this, the, all the news this week. You know what the, the news this week was? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing was the news. But, but people report, you know, like, oh, good news is bad news for the market right now. Really? You found one ISM report this week. It's unbelievable the stuff you read. I mean, from great companies. But they feel like they have to make up stuff every single week. When the truth is, is that we have no idea, but stocks corrected this week. There's just none. None. It's like, oh, well, this good ISM survey on services over here was a little bit Okay. Really? That's what you got? <laughs> and, 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 and that's the twist on it. And then we talk about the whole globe. And we throw in, oh my gosh, you know, China is kind of falling apart. You know what? I think that's good news, actually, don't you? That China maybe is economically not going to be in a good position, kind of like the Soviet Union back in the day. I know if you are under age 40, you're like, well, what Soviet Union? What's a big deal? So what if they blew up? I mean, come on. It was a big deal. It's a big deal. Really, really big deal. And they couldn't economically keep up with us. Wouldn't that be better for China? But I know it's you know short term. It looks like Apple can't sell any phones to the government and government employees in China. Okay. Okay. That's what drove the market this week, huh? Maybe. It drove Apple, which is a big component of the market. But I'm not sure what NVIDIA has to do with any of that, and it had a really, really bad week. Got it? Everything's just kind of sometimes they just move. And it's been slow on Wall Street. So, so slow. 
All right, let's go grab the phones. Let's go to Gary. Gary, thanks for your call. Uh, good morning, David. Uh, enjoying your program as usual. Thank you, sir. And you, you touched on uh, many uh, things that uh, I'm involved with right now. I am retired. I uh, waited until 70 to take Social Security, although I retired before that and then lived off of savings. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had mentioned earlier the um, <clears throat> pitfalls of doing a 401k to Roth conversion. Mm-hmm. Some pitfalls, it's, yeah. It's uh, kind of like going through a minefield. I um, have my uh, accountant uh, you know, keep track of things because um, uh, Irma is a big thing. I think you hinted at it, but you didn't mention it by name. If um, you have too high an income, which you can trigger via a 401k to Roth conversion, your Medicare payments can go up substantially two years after you do it. And so you think you're good, and then two years later, you find that you're paying literally thousands of dollars more for you and your spouse every year uh, because you uh, crossed this uh, threshold called IRMA, I-R-M-A-A, and you can tell your uh, folks uh, what it stands for because I forget. But the... um, and then you said, you know, you can't really anticipate or bet on the future when it comes to taxes. Now, okay, confession, I am, because of the current tax rates, I believe, expire in 2025, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're going to go down anymore. But, you know, I'm taking a bet there. But talk about all the moving parts. Um, you have uh, tax thresholds, and then Irma is actually a tax, tax cliff. You go over that cliff, and it doesn't, uh, you know, go down mildly. It's a, it's a cliff. Yep, And um, it's one of those things where uh, I have uh, serious adult supervision in this process uh, via my CPA, and uh, we do all this trying to figure out, uh, okay, what are the current tax rates, what are the future tax rates, and so, um, you know, I'm not quite following your advice there, trying to anticipate, but um, you might want to uh, tell your uh, readers or part listeners, too, from the uh, conversion, broad conversion process all the pitfalls there can be if they're not careful. So uh, enjoy your program. Have a a good day, and I'm going to go out and work on my tan. I appreciate it. Gary, I got one other thing for you for your tax planning, okay? All right, because you you said you're 70, or or you waited till 70. So you're closing in or you're there to required minimum distribution. This is for everybody. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, give it away. Yeah, that's uh, the that's the stuff you give away if you uh, have stuff left in your IRA if you are charitably giving, and it can really help yeah, keep your taxes plan. down. Okay. Yes. Uh, in fact, that's my plan. Um, what do they call them? The required minimum distributions. Um, um, I call them MRD, uh, minimum required distributions, because if you say MRD out loud in French, it comes out with a different word. Um, <laughs> Okay. Okay. Very good. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Gary, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Okay, I mentioned this before, and I just forgot. What I was talking about that I'm very excited to be listening to is called The Rational Optimist. And it's a new book out, a fairly new book out, and uh, I, I read a couple of excerpts out of it. And I'm very, very excited. I personally, I listen better than I read. So I have to read, um, although the Wall Street Journal it does come with articles now online that you can actually just listen to. Uh, but it's, uh, it's also good for me to read, too, <laughs> to keep that skill going uh, for what limited skill I have in the reading area. But um, it is, so I got it on tape because I just learned so much better 
And for me, if I hear something that I feel is profound, all I have to do is hit the replay button and I can listen to it again. And then I really, really remember it. Right. So anyway, that was what I wanted to mention. So I will be I will do the reading for you, but that means I will be doing the editing for you and I will be having bunches of really interesting things. And as I said in the first hour, though, and so some of you are just coming in now, I think it's very, very, very important for us to really wrap our minds around this whole prediction thing. I don't disagree that tax rates are going higher. They are scheduled to go up in 2025. It depends who's in power. I certainly don't think they're going down. So, But I think we have to try to deal with what's in front of us. And when it comes to markets, I love what Warren Buffett says. I don't have a market outlook. We've never had a market outlook. And we never will have a market outlook. It's dumb. It's beyond dumb. Wall Street is wrong 51% of the time. A coin flip, blind monkeys throwing darts, however you want to say it, is right more than that. Why we spend any energy, time on what the market is going to do and why it's going to do it is to sell commercials on CNBC. To give J.P. Morgan or whoever, Goldman Sachs, wholesalers, something to babble about when they come to your office to shake your hand and buy you lunch and try to get you to use their ETFs or mutual funds. That's it. So we have a different relationship with almost all of ours. There's new ones that come in, and they just don't know yet that we absolutely don't care what J.P. Morgan's market outlook is. Because a year ago, it was 1,000 points below where the market is today. What value is that? It's not one year. They're wrong more than they're right. Why would I care? That's not picking on J.P. Morgan. That's all of them. All of them. The sooner, and this is why it's so important, why I keep talking about this. This is so important for us to understand. Because what we do is we lay over top our feelings about things and make decisions based on feelings about what the future is going to be. Good, bad, ugly. Who's going to win the election? This is therefore what's going to happen. The world is going to end. Women will be banned from abortions everywhere, always. Or maybe it'll be something less than that. And if they win, we're going to become communists. Okay, I fight the good fight. But making all of these predictions about how bad or awful it's going to be just because your party loses, or the world is upside down, and it is, misses the point. And the most important point, I'm going to read this or listen to this whole book, and it'll be filled with data that basically says every doomsdayer in all of history is wrong, has been wrong. From the climate change morons to the people we made fun of as, well, at a billion people, there won't be enough food in the world, to we're going to run out of all the oil. Well, I mean all the, you know, minerals. I mean, you know, there's not enough lithium. I mean, you know, there's not enough of these precious metals over here. We're going to run out. And we never do. And they come back with what? Well, now 
all of the polar bears. I know the polar bears aren't dying, but they will. Darn it, because it's melting. I swear, within 10 years, we won't have one polar bear around. It's all over. They just change, they move and they move their timetable because there's big money in scaring people in everything. By the way, this guy who wrote this came from the belief that there was huge problems in the climate change area. But when he noticed that they were never right in their predictions, he began to observe other things and became and came to write the rational optimist. So I'm looking forward to it, but I think that we have to think about this all of the time and think about this overlay of our emotions, our feelings, our predictions of the future. And just use those to our advantage. When markets are down, you buy. You don't run. And we don't spend our, all of our time absorbed in angry people yelling at each other or yelling about the end of the world. It just doesn't make any sense. It messes with our brains. All right. With that little bit, I am going to take our final break. And if you have a comment or a question, we've got plenty of time on the other side. 580-KIDO. Hello, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Uh, appreciate it. And any comments, questions you have during the week, uh, shoot them over to us, petsofinancial.com. In addition, over there, um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pou- proud of uh, the work that JC and Jamie have done. By the way, those are Jennifer's daughters, Stone, Jennifer Stone in our office, that um, have done with the website. And it just is really, I mean, the podcast is like their Monday, right? Bo gets it to us over the weekend, and then boom, it's there, and we get it uploaded. And I know for a lot of people, that's how you're listening to today's program next week. And I... So that's why we're tr- we're going to maybe try that a little bit, okay? So next week will be a podcast. I'd love to have your comments and questions as well to toss them in there. We're planning to do them not to scrape up the old stuff, but we will do some old stuff. I want to do the income story again, for example, because it's so good. But if you want the income story, it's a couple of years old, but who cares? The numbers are just different. It's the same story. It just ends at a different time, like 2021. Trust me, it's worth a couple minutes to, to, to listen. We'll do, we'll do things like the 10 investment commandments. Mine. You don't have to adopt any of them. Any more than God makes you adopt any of his. Okay? It's just, these are mine. I think about them. I have thought about them for decades deeply. And they work for me. But those are the kind of things we want to throw in over the time, along with really current stuff. But if you, in the meantime, we also have, you, you want to go to our YouTube, our Zoom meetings are there, and, and we just love them because they've got charts and things like that. So we've got a lot of stuff out there. They've done a great job, and I just wanted to, I guess, say, hey, thanks to the great job that they're doing on that. And um, people are really enjoying them. So I like that. I like that very much. So we're going to do more of that, too. All right, so that leads me to this. 
I got a couple minutes left. Yeah, since nobody's going to, well, we are, we're going to get a phone call. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep this very, very short. As we be, are thinking about things on, you know, globally, and we think about what's going on with Apple and going on with China, I, I think it reminds me so much of what happens so often, and I'll keep this brief, and I'll talk more about this later. This is what Wall Street does. It, and off Wall Street, we learned that a diversified portfolio is 60% stocks, 40% bonds when you reach retirement, and you need to have cost of living adjusted income all the days of your life, and that's how you do it, and you gotta include global stocks and emerging markets and all these other things. And I go, but I just wanna look at the world. Developing markets is like, what, 40% or something. is It's a huge number. But it's way over 50% if we consider Taiwan as, a, as, a, as, a, as part of China. Now, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying, what if they're attacked, okay? Like they keep saying they're going to do. But my point is, is that I don't want to own anything China. End of story. It never works well. It does not work well to get in bed with governments. They just decide when they're going to take it away, when they're going to destroy your company. Oh, well, they're really cheap. Of course they're really cheap because the government at any time could take it away. Okay. All right. All right. Well, maybe international developed markets. Okay. Well, you've been saying that for like 15 years, that they're really, really low price in, relative, in relation to the price to earnings ratio of the United States stocks. And they underperform like every single year. Well, uh, uh, you know, diversification. Okay, when interest rates are zero, I'm supposed to own 40% bonds. Why? They won't work. They will not work. I'm not predicting interest rates. I'm just saying they won't work. When interest rates are one5 percent on a 10-year treasury, that won't work. So we have to think. It doesn't mean we, we, we don't diversify. Of course we do. But we got to think about things and not just go, oh, yeah, yeah, divide the pipe. But that's what Wall Street does. And I think that that's one of the big pushes that we have is to keep us thinking. Not to be different, but think about the decisions we make in investing. Because the world shifts. And you don't just own something because you always did. Dean, thank you for calling. Go ahead, please. Yeah, Dave, I had two questions. Um, well, one's a comment, one's a question. But uh, I... Um, you were talking to Gary about the when you turn 71, the distributions you got to take out. 73 is what it is now, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So I don't have to do. I don't have to worry about taking money out for a couple more years. That's correct. If I'm if I'm 71, that is correct. That's right. Well, that was quick, Dave. You got that one down. <laughs> now I got. Uh, I I had some overflow money. Uh, personal money that just uh, already taxes paid on it, but I don't use it. Mm -hmm. And Edward Jones had a 5%. I think they invested in uh, treasuries. Yeah. And yep. there's no penalty to take it out. And, well, the only penalty is if I take it out on a day when money is less than 5%, then, then yep. I would pay that. But yep. but there's no, it's not like a CD. So that's a pretty good deal, right? 
if it's just overflow money? I, I think that, yeah, if you're talking about savings, I, I highly recommend people, we do it all the time, we say, okay, what's your safe pot of money that you need, do you want to get your hands on if you want to go buy a car or something, right? And it's like, oh, well, right. I always want to keep uh, 25000 okay? 25000 Right. Then, well, today, okay, so yesterday it was in this U.S. government floating rate thing. Now, then today it's right now getting 6% over here in this ultra short duration, blah, 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 Okay. And also, right. money markets, simple money markets, are paying four, five point four. You know, you, it, this harkens back to the day, right? But f- simple yeah. money market is just that's cash. It's this. It trades at a dollar, sits at a dollar. It's just a dollar. It's like overnight money. You can put it in, take it out. There's literally no penalties, and there's no price fluctuation. It's not like putting it in treasury. So you can go ahead and go out and get, go uh, do a two year uh, treasury if you want. But you really are, if interest rates go higher. You're you're going to be locked in, or, or you'll take oh, a loss. So, okay. So I can I can just put my money in a money market in the bank, and and I just you Not know a the bank. money. Banks are still lower than that. You'll need to open oh, okay. up a, a brokerage account. I don't know what uh, the company you said has. Okay, on a money market. Okay, it's probably okay. lower than what you would have through Schwab. Um, which is who we clear through. I am, but it's not going to be bad, okay? But it gives you daily right. liquid cash, okay? Right. If, if that's what you're working with somebody over there, that's great. That that's just fine, and that will work. It probably if you. But I'm just saying this for the broad audience. That's what money right. markets are paying. If you're not doing that, get your money out of the bank and get it somewhere, okay? Hey, that was that was quick. Thanks. Thanks, Dean. You have a great rest of the day. Thanks for the call. Hey, you too. Bye now. All right. Guess what? We're done. We're toast. We got about five seconds to say, have a great weekend.